0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Taiwan-based jazz composer Debbie Wong. We cover her debut album, Aftertaste, that contains nine songs. This project is breaking away from the typical fixed lineup of albums, from solo marimba, vibraphone trio, octet, to a big band, different instrumentations presenting the exploration of the doubts and self-doubt that have arisen during the artists drifting across various pieces over the past 13 years years. In 2021, she moved back to Taiwan to to continue her music career. We cover quite a bit here. Enjoy. But I'm glad that we connected. Thank you for reaching out to the show. I'm looking forward to getting into Aftertaste. And I want to know, before we get to that point, you know, we're coming up on the four-year anniversary of COVID. Mm -hmm. How did you you survive the pandemic, and how did it change you?
1: I'm not sure if I'm still surviving, (laughs) but... (laughs) But um, actually, the pandemic totally changed. I mean, it changed a lot of people's life, but I came back to Taiwan because of pandemic. So I stopped my education at Berkeley and I just started to do stuff online and I was doing a lot of uh, panel discussion and also online concerts. And I ended up doing a lot of research and music with African diaspora and also like uh, doing research in gender justice as uh, I was part of the uh, jazz and gender justice member at Berkeley. So I ended up like doing a lot of that stuff and then like... uh, as time goes by i started to organize much more bigger events and then i ended up like having a lot of musicians abroad in taiwan and and now um i i think i'm some i'm i think i somehow survived through the from from the pandemic or i sort of reborn from the pandemic yeah
0: yeah so talk to me about how it feels to have this new album out
1: um It is somehow refreshing because I have been thinking for doing an album or actually more like a collection of works for a long time. I know I have a lot of uh, pieces from different instrumentation and also different styles of music. I just wanted to put them all together as a collection of works. And I ended up like uh, finding... uh, well a friend from a record store and I talk about this idea and then we talk about yeah we probably can actually produce an album or just record everything which I didn't ended up like working with him but uh I just thought uh I'm in the pandemic right now I have nothing to do why not just record what i have and then it was also the time i thought it will be a good moment for me to have an album so now after a year cuz i recorded last year in march i i am very happy to see this coming as uh coming tr- make, making making the things come true yeah
0: so, what are you hoping the listener gets from this album?
1: Um, <laughs> it's kind of tricky because um, the album contains different styles. Like, you could hear classical marimba solo, chamber music, contemporary chamber music, and also electronic stuff. Uh, contemporary jazz big bands and also uh, like jazz rap so I cor- collaborate with a rapper so I think um, I, if I were the listener I probably will be surprised by every track like um, I don't know how you call it that it will be like um uh, I, I don't know how you call that, the the thing that you always have in, in the Mexican carnival, the, the horse, yeah. that you haven't got to hit it. Oh, the pinata. Oh, yeah, pinata, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I feel like aftertaste is like that, like you, you don't know what you are get. And somehow in a good way, because I feel like. I definitely know it's a uh, very intense and hard to digest album, but I feel like once you digest it, you could really uh, have that aftertaste when you, you kind of have sort of like have a uh, tea. So, yeah, I, I, I actually don't know. Yeah.
0: So I'm curious, how did this journey into the music begin for you? Where, how did it begin and how did it evolve into where you're at today?
1: so i started with a classical background so it was like i started to play piano when i was three and then um i just went to uh music school from elementary school and also uh middle school but then i went to austria when i was 13 and uh i was there alone I went to a music high school, so it, it was like a high school that concentrated on music, but we also do have a lot of uh, other subjects, and I sort of found uh, jazz and other style of music because we all have this after-school clubs, and uh, I started to uh, listen to a lot of music when I was 15 when I was working in the radio uh, station and uh, we started to organize events and we have uh, I I was hosting an uh, a, a show that I will introduce uh, world music. So I somehow got explored to a lot of music because of my friends and colleagues. And then uh, I went to Vienna for further classical education. And then one day I just realized, oh, uh, I actually wanted to do music business, which is totally different than performing, which back then I liked jazz a lot, but I wasn't sure if I'm going to perform. And then I went to Berkeley. I started uh, like a freshman and I I did uh, professional music which is a a major that you could pick every uh, major classes and then I ended up uh, choosing a lot of jazz bands ensemble and I still love it so I changed my major to performance and jazz composition so sort of like i go the other way around and i sort of realized i really still like to perform and i ended up here right now
0: so what was the first live jazz show you saw that blew you way
1: wow well, um well that's a hard question because uh to be honest when I was very young, I went to see a lot of, like, legendary show, but I think I didn't understand anything. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I really recall, it wasn't really that jazzy, but um, I remember I was uh, watching Mark Juliana playing with his trio, uh, with Jason Lindner on keys. Uh, I forgot who was on bass. But that was the first time that I realized, oh, uh, jazz can be really diverse, and that's why I started to listen to Brad Meldal's. Uh, was Mark Juliana, uh, which I started to do it reversely. So I listened to a lot of like contemporary or like beat music stuff, and then uh, when I went back to uh berkeley then i started to listen to a lot of like 60s bob or uh bebop and uh yeah i think that was the one of the thing that i can recall right now yeah
0: what about influences who have been influential on the way that you played and the way that you approach music
1: i definitely think a lot of music from Moogrew Miller. Uh, I transcribe Moogrews a lot. And um, like stuff from the 60s and 70s, like, uh, I love Joe Henderson, I love, I love um, uh, Billy Strayhorn. And I realized I love a lot of like uh, Art Blakey stuff not only with The Messengers but also the African drum suite Uh, but at the same time I listened to a lot of like uh, contemporary like uh, Ambrose and uh, well Joe Ross and from the playing wise I think I got very influenced by the other vibraphonist Chen Chen Lu so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I dig it. So I- at this point in your life, what do you look forward to the most every day when you wake up and you have all of these things as a professional musician? You know, you got recording and playing live and all these different aspects. What do you look forward to the most? Oh, um,
1: Surprise, I think. Like uh, playing with different people because I'm now uh, touring with a theater group and uh, I got to organize like some gigs in different countries and that's the thing that I am most excited about. I don't know the musician and I got to play with them in the gig and then a lot of time. I don't even know that my tune can sound that way. And that's the surprise that I found or like just going to see a movie. I realized, oh, the the, uh, uh, movie track is so good. So I wanted to write a piece like that. I think it's most of the surprise that inspired me to keep doing what I want.
0: So what's going on as far as live shows that, you know, we're, the the years opening up. What what's kind of on the horizon for you?
1: Uh, what do you mean, like ho- like horizon, as far as like
0: playing like-, like playing live, promoting the album, just festivals, anything that might be going on?
1: Um, uh, the album wise, I'm still promoting a lot. Like, I'm I'm not really doing a lot of like live gigs right now with the album since they are based on different instrumentation it will be really hard for me to gather the musician for different songs but um, I basically am calling people from different countries to play in a small ensemble version and um, uh, I I'm, I'm not sure if Uh, I mean, in Taiwan, uh, we are doing a lot of like uh, sort of like uh, panel discussion or like listening session uh, with the album. Um, uh, I think that's it.
0: Okay. So why do you love jazz?
1: (laughs) Wow. Um, I think that also refers to what I just said, the surprise itself. Um, Because I remember my teacher actually asked me, what do I like about uh, music in general? And I think I uh, answered dissonance because a lot of time it's very unexpected for me to hear those sounds. And I think jazz sort of provide me a lot of like i don't know like intensity in life it's like it's like uh the the sparkling from coca-cola yeah (laughs) i don't know how to no that's great yeah
0: that's a great visual so um how's the scene in taiwan how how's the jazz scene
1: um, the scene is growing, it's not big, but it's growing and we, uh, it started actually much more longer uh, when we still have a lot of like uh, American uh, soldier back then, there were a lot of like big bands and now I think more and more people are starting out, uh, uh, starting to studying outside um, of Taiwan. And they are bringing back more stuff. And we're hosting more uh, jazz festival now in Taiwan. And we also started to have more uh, jazz programs in a lot of universities. Um, I think uh, we are still in a learning process, but somehow it's very fortunate because uh, now the scene in Taiwan in general, the music scene is very open to everything. So we could just bring everything to the scene and everyone will be very surprised and embrace everything. So I think it's the place that you could could, uh, cultivate a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah so if anyone out there actually my last question to you is this everyone has a perception of you family friends fans but you actually are the one that's living your life who Mm -hmm. do you think you are what's your perception of you
1: (laughs) Uh oh Well, I did not think that I would get this question at 10.30 or 10.45.
0: Actually, let's do this. Let's rephrase this. Let's make it a little bit easier here. Let's say you come to Kansas City. You perform live. You have to kind of come up with a way to convince people to see you live. Explaining your show. How would you explain your show to get people to come watch you here in Kansas City?
1: I think... You can, as a musician or performer, I think you can hear a lot of, uh, one, from my music, you could definitely hear the tradition of Taiwanese music, or general, you could say the big Chinese culture music. Um... You could hear a lot of this kind of sound, not only using pentatonic, but also the, the form of writing. Uh, but uh you could hear the excitement, the groove that comes from a lot of things that I really like from this African diaspora and uh but also worms that I consider when I write for perform. And uh, so I think if I uh, tell a person if you want to come to my show, is I think you can find. Wow, it's hard to rephrase this, but um,
0: you did good. No, that that sounds that sounds about right. I think I think you I think you nailed it. I think that that, that gives a, <laughs> a nice well-rounded view. So if anyone wants to pick up the new album, Or learn more about what's going on with you, or reach out. How can they do that?
1: Um, The album will be on every or most of the streaming platforms on February twenty fourth. If they want to have live album, um, I mean physical album, they could purchase through Bandcamp, which won't be on the uh, the, uh, website as on. February 24th, and also you could also purchase directly from my website, com, or just directly DM me through my social media, okay, where I could just ship it everywhere. And that's yeah. how I like to connect people, Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. This has been wonderful. Thank you again for reaching out to the show. Thanks for taking some time out today. Best of luck with the release. I appreciate it
1: yeah thank you so much
0: thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and composers in Taiwan, Boston, New York City and Kansas City along with spots all over the globe giving fans all that jazz thanks to Debbie for reaching out to the show and for such a great story if you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts subscribe to us at YouTube and for everything Neon Jazz go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com until next time enjoy the jazz my friends Neon Jazz.